Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I'm Clarabelle A. Ortega. I'm Ryan LaSala, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. Welcome back, Hot Queens. We're so excited to be back in your little ear holes. Ew, I'm sorry that I just said Ew. that. Before we get started, <laughs> just a quick reminder to rate the podcast, spread the word, make sure other listeners can find us by rating this episode and leaving us an honest review that's also really kind. <laughs> Additionally, feel free to follow us. Talk about how hot we are. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Additionally, please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are Bad Author Pod. Instagram, Bad Author Book Club. Our website's badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. And you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts, or on anchor.fm slash badauthorbookclub. Let's get started. Today's episode is... Chapter 38 and 39 of Model Land by Tyra Banks, Left, Right, Left, and Breathless Sister Friends. I'm so proud of you. You did both chapters. I know. And I did it. Have a nervous breakdown before doing them. get ready, because here comes the breakdown. I mean, I already had my nervous breakdown (laughs) last night and this morning as I was reading these two chapters. Um... Wow. Ass almighty, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen up, girls. We have got a lot in. So, we're going to do a two for today, and we're going to go kind of quick so that we can get to everything, and there's a lot of revelations coming up in the later half of this episode. Unfortunately, we have to get through chapter 38 first, <laughs> where not a ton happens, but don't worry. We're going to make it like really fun and enjoyable, and we're going to try not to barf too much. Um, just a quick reminder, where we left off was the girls, uh, well, Dylan fainted and someone yelled, that big girl fainted and I lost my shit for two days straight. And that's literally where 37 leaves off. So we pick back up in 38 and everyone's screaming because of the blackout. They're in the orb arena and absolutely everyone's in the dark nobody can see except for Shiraz <laughs> who very funnily says it's me Shiraz I see perfect <laughs> she also like so Tookie's like standing right where she was when the power went out and they're like on that like plank in the middle of this like massive arena Shiraz comes and gets her like again Tookie like someone has to like come and show for Tookie like along through the plot she doesn't move she doesn't run she's just sitting there Shiraz somehow makes it into like you know a highly protected arena is right next to Tookie he's like come with me and they they start running and I'm thinking like oh they've got to go get the other girls Dylan literally just fainted but no they're in a dark room and Tookie's like where's everyone else and the other two girls are like don't worry we're here too 
So, so, yeah. so they're all they're all together. They appear. Yeah, they just appear in the dark. Shiraz was fast. She was so fast, and I was like, "This is so barfy." She's Sonic the Hedgehog, um, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, so one of the things that I didn't realize. So so they're running. They have to get out. Like everyone's screaming, and it's like chaos. It's really dangerous, obviously, because it's completely dark, and everybody's freaking out. And as per usual, there's no like adults there's no like announcements there's no like fail safes in model land for like any sort of emergency despite like all the danger like baked into the school itself mm-hmm. so they're like we created this chaos we can't just leave them here um and dylan's like no we have to go and that's like it um that's the end of the argument and um, <laughs> so they run to the stadium right which is not the orb then, arena it's a different place right that how many large areas (laughs) just one school need like the fact that she's in the orb arena and she looks back at the stadium (laughs) is so fucking stupid like why would they need to go to another like why wouldn't she have just Just put a zip zap in another place like why a stadium I don't know. I don't know. Model Land is a well-funded institution, though, because they have, like, so many stadiums. And the architecture, as we've learned, is lovely. But they go, they do go to the, the seven tournament stadium. Um, and they, like, race downstairs. And somehow they know exactly where it is because previously Piper also found directions to it. Tookie also knows where it is. So they, they find it right away. The, the zip zap that's at the bottom of the stadium, right? The hidden zip zap. It's under a pile of rubble, which is so silly. I can't believe the stadium has a basement full of rubble. That's just, like, messy. And yeah. they, like, pull off all the rubble, and there it is. The, the, in the zip zap, <laughs> the zip zap looks terrifying. It's, like, yeah. bloody teeth and rusted, and inside of it is, like, a swirling, bloody, like, whirlpool, basically, for them. And that's what they have to jump into. It's interesting that they don't have to actually work for any of these things. Like, all the things that they find somehow or figure out somehow is always off the page. So we never actually see them be clever. And I think that's because, like, it's the same thing that happens to me. I make a really intelligent character. I spend seven months, like, researching one thing because I am not smart like that. So if if you're writing things for your characters to figure out the hard part of it is that like you, you also, also have to figure it out right. but tyra was like i'm not i'm not doing that i'm beside myself <laughs> just imagining tyra googling switchboards and like do orb <laughs> arenas have switchboards what's a stadium because <laughs> all of these questions and more have come up and none of them have appeared to answer in the text so she also googled what's a spark and <laughs> oh, <an> answer. God. <laughs> oh my god wait i Something about that. I, okay, let's put a bit of that because I have something to say about that later. But oh, shit. The okay. Girls, so the girls, this cracked me up. Like, they're like, it's right. Like, we've got to go. And Tookie's like, let's go. And she does a trust fall into the zip zap. She falls backwards, <laughs> just like CL did. The line is, after a slight hesitation, she fell straight backwards and disappeared into the hole. So she really does trust fall into the earth. Which she I was did like, a wow. death drop into <laughs> Death drops into the zip zap. Oh, and here comes like, you know our usual kooky crazy bananas they whip through these like tubes i imagine this to sort of be like when you're at like a water park like whipping through like the tubes it was very much like that plus like the willy wonka scene where like they're whipping through like a a, a like a log flu flume whatever those things are 
It reminded me of the Goonies because oh, there's a Goonie yeah. scene where they're going through like these like caves and it's like a slide yeah. and you see like this POV camera of all of them like whoa yeah it's that. <laughs> and they get to like many forks and remember there's a fifty fifty chance that you'll die in the zip zap so we get to a fork in the zip zap. Which I don't know how they can see this coming up because they're apparently going very fast. But they see it coming up and they have time for a full conversation. And Toki's like, I think we should go left. And everyone's like, no, right. Piper does say left, but Dylan and Shiraz say right. They go right. They're the stupid ones. Yeah, yeah, remember, they're the idiots. (laughs) They go right. And suddenly they're dumped out into the diabolical divide. (laughs) Which? Immediately, fireballs come at them. Yes, Immediately, this is, this is what I wanted to talk about. They like they get they're in like a like a pile of like mud basically, and they like look up, and there are four fireballs already careening towards. I'm like, who is firing these fireballs? Like, what is the logic here? But <laughs> immediately, and then. In my mind, I'm like, oh my god, this is so interesting. Like, the girls are in the divide. Like, we're, we're going to meet up with, like, Creamy. Like, there's going to be finally some, like, actual peril. And <laughs> the girls just go, quickly, get back in the zip zap. Where? See, the way that they make it seem is, like, if you get dumped into the diabolical divide, like, you're dead. It's because it's a 50-50 chance of dying, Right. right? But you can go right back into the zip zap? Like, <laughs> yes. immediately? No one has thought of this before. Tookie De La Creme was like, wait, we've made a mistake. We've got to go back in. Because they do. They jump right back into it and just take the other turn. It is so pointless. <laughs> it is so pointless. So they get back into the zip zap. Yeah. And they emerge in Lodorno. <laughs> yeah, in a fountain in Lodorno. Literally, this all happens so fast. It's like a page and a half. Yeah. Like, there is some action, I guess, because you see them, like, running out of the station, going into the zip zap, getting back in the zip zap, but still happens, like, to be anticlimactic because there's no tension there. It's just sort of, like, this really rapid fire sort of, like... Yeah, we're going. ...list of things that happen, and then we're suddenly just in Lodorno. Yeah, we're in Lodorno. We look up, and we're in a fountain, and, of course, the fountain is... (laughs) There's a statue of Mayor Devin Rump. Good to see him again. Missed him. (laughs) Missed him so much. They're in the fountain, and everyone's like, we made it. And you're right. This is all so fast, because they're like, well, we made it. And then someone's like, well, what now? And they're like, well, I guess we go our separate ways. This is goodbye. And they, like... I'll start. take a bus, I guess. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, like they like they start, start like, like talking about their travel plans. <laughs> yeah, they talk about like I'll I'll go home, I'll go home. And they're like sad about going home, right? Like they're realizing their big adventure has come to an end. <laughs> and then Dylan looks up and goes, oh, "Toki, run!" And guess who? <laughs> guess who's here? It's fucking CL in the lesbian pouch. <laughs> The actual lesbian pouch is back. It's back. Right? Like, she's... Bel- I said... I, I was really happy. I was like, the lesbian pouch. Yeah. yeah. So when, when it showed up again, CL's literally, like, parachuting down with her pouch. I cracked up. And this begins, like, a like a cartoonish uh, chase scene. They literally are, like, scampering around Lodorno. There's no people. I don't know why there's no people. But there's no people on the street. They literally find an open manhole and just, like, cannonball into it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wiley Coyote style, like, cartoon logic style into an open manhole. Because manholes are just... I've never seen an open manhole that wasn't, like, fenced off. But 
I guess there's no rules in Ladorno. In Ladorno, I guess. Yeah. So they go into a manhole and then like go right back out. Like they find like stairs and they emerge and they emerge right in the place where uh, Tookie was recruited, basically for modeling. The place with like yeah, yeah. There is this one small graph where Tookie is talking about how she's like so much has happened and yet she's in the exact place where she started Mm -hmm. and I said literally it's the same for the plot of this book (laughs) and your character development like you have not really changed on aside from being a bitch in one chapter (laughs) and like talking yeah right like saying more than um Mm -hmm. but that's about it and um right Right. It's supposed to be this moment of like, oh my god, she's back where it all began, but she's so different. And she like even looks up at the remember you can see Model Land from like everywhere in Metopia? There's a mountain. Yeah. She looks up at the mountain and with regret and nostalgia. And I'm like, Nostalgia? You were there three minutes ago. What what nostalgia? Yeah. And it was not fun the whole time. <laughs> like if it was they completely forgot to put it in the book because we've only seen bad things happen at Model Land. Um yeah. So then we hear scratching noises. Oh. And I fucking immediately knew. I knew. What was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell the, our listeners yeah, well, you what know. the scratching noises are? So we only ever are pointed at things that are going to come in handy. Like there's no actual world building. It's like we're pointed at like there's a garbage can suddenly next to them in a plaza they're in a huge plaza but there's a pile of garbage next to them and they hear scratching and they're like is it a mangy cat is it a you know monster no it's a dirty girl it's lizzie (laughs) lizzie fully comes out of a trash can and she's like you're here and tookie's jaw drops she goes oh my god and by the way lizzie's described as burr riddled dreadlocked redheaded uh, in a hospital ground with a series of fresh cuts and burns all over her arm. Tookie's response to this is, oh my God. And not like, are you okay? Or like, oh my God, my good friend. Like, I'm so sorry that I left you. She just goes, oh my God, she whispers. And then these girls have their little reunion. Like they run up and this did make me smile. But they me do too. their, like, they like lift their arms up, sniff their armpits and go... What's, What's up, up I died. Like, I was like, this is great. I actually feel so good seeing, like, this reunion. I wish the reunion was written with, like, any sort of emotion. It's not at all. But that one particular line did bring me joy. What and do you mean? It says, course, it says like, Lizzie let out a joyful yet mournful yelp. How much more emotion do you want? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, a joyful yet mournful. Well, here's what I mean. So, like... So, so Lizzie, who's like covered in battle scars and like clearly like dealing with homelessness, goes up to Tookie and is like, wow, like you look great. Like you really are a queen today. And like Tookie is, instead of being like, are you okay? Or any of this, she goes, oh God, you have no idea like what we've been through. Like you couldn't imagine Lizzie, which just cements that Lizzie is sort of just this person. She's sort of like a diary, right? She's this like tattered thing that like Tookie like puts her feelings into but never actually gives anything to so yeah yeah no they uh and we should mention um tookie notices this um the smize somehow in the pandemonium is like snatched off of her face it it flutters away no one takes it but she even thinks that like maybe it fell to the ground in the likey quadruple 
quadruples or whatever they are like stole it because remember they're 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 thieves, they're thieves. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the only thing they're they're in this book for that that's their only purpose basically yeah steal thieving, thieving. and yeah. be racist stereotype <laughs> oh my god there's one line that made me laugh so much so basically lizzie has literally because they were supposed to meet at some sort of destination i don't remember if it was near here but turns out lizzie's been waiting in a trash can for <laughs> tookie for a year this entire time yeah she's this whole time right there she's like i knew you'd come back i never left this one spot and i'm like i'm so glad that i waited here because like you did come back for me and <laughs> tookie's we do get like a moment of introspection tookie's like i'm so sorry like my worst fear has come true. Lizzie had seen me like get scouted and she did see me abandon her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, she's like, I wanted to escape with you, Lizzie, but they threw me into like model land basically. And I got stuck. Uh, and Lizzie just goes, Oh, I understand. She just, like, <laughs> accepts it. Like that. She got abandoned yeah, in the most pivotal nobody moment. Could, nobody can hold Tookie accountable for anything. No. I really want to make this an inspirational, like, uh, quote graphic. Uh, every night I'm right here in that trash can. Um, it's like the same. Yes. So, so yeah. So Lizzie is here. Um, and Chucky tells her like, I'm ready for Exodus. Like, let's go. Let's go. Like, I'm right finally now. ready. Right. Yeah. Um, like now that no she's thought, ready, of course, like time to go. Right. No thought of her family right because obviously Tyra knows that they're in the diabolical divide there's no way for Tookie to know that but Tyra right knows it, yeah. but Tyra knows it so Tookie doesn't even think about her family like she's not even like consider like should I go there like what should I do like where are they what how are they going to react when they see me no. right like she even mentions miracle but she doesn't sort of like think about that which is funny and interesting um funny and interesting is a huge overstatement (laughs) yeah you're being so generous generous but so they like have this stupid reunion and then they like Tookie introduces all of her friends these are my best friends from Modeland this is my best friend from Peppertown Lizzie's like so like caught off guard by this love Lizzie is you know of course like a saint basically and it's like yes like anything for you you're my best friend despite being horrible to me not thinking about me once also Tookie is like see look I did come back and Lizzie's like, I always knew you would. Totally missing the point that, like, she's not back because of Lizzie. And Dookie even mentions this internally. She's like, I feel bad. I'm actually not back for Lizzie. I'm back because I'm chasing, like, yeah, I'm being chased. But, like, I'm going to let Lizzie believe that I came back for her. Yeah, she doesn't... So she doesn't Fully lies she, to her best yeah, friend she from Pepperdown. Yeah, terrible. Just, like, such a shitty person. Super shitty. Um, so suddenly Lizzie goes into one of her, you know, kooky, crazy <laughs> episodes. Yeah. And she's like looking at the sky and she's like they're coming for me except this time it really is cl like swooping down in the lesbian lesbian pouch pouch. right um and i thought maybe like oh are we gonna finally find out like what it is that lizzie thinks is after her like are we gonna get any sort of answers about lizzie but we don't no no don't worry um (laughs) we we get like a little yeah we get like a we get a chasing, which is ultimately pointless, but like they're running, they're like, we're running again. We're all running again. And 
the girl the girls show up with a bus like i didn't i didn't understand how this worked but tookie's running and she looks and there's like a bus driving alongside her and like inside her like all of her friends being like get in the bus get in the bus and basically, yeah like they separate at one point like tookie thinks they're gone and it turns out that they they are in a bus they're in a bus and it was um i guess a, the bus driver was from kendall abra which is the same place that shiraz is from and i guess she charmed him um whatever so they're driving the bus Ciel is still coming after them, and she's using her powers of multiplicity. So there's three CLs, like, trying to descend on them right. while they're in the bus. Yes. Lizzie's, like, on the street. Oh, yeah. So Lizzie's not on the bus, and Tookie's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I abandoned her again. And then... But she doesn't go back for... They I don't, don't yeah, they it. don't go back for her. And there's like a lot of this is just like riffraff. Like they're hydroplaning. They never mentioned that it was raining or anything like that, but suddenly the girls are like hydroplaning around. Um and then then you're right, Lizzie shows up in front of the bus. The bus is boring down on her and Tookie she shows this made no sense. Lizzie shows up, she's sitting there with a with a sharp metal object, like held to her wrist like she sees it on the floor basically in front of her she picks it up up. it's not even so so it just happens to be there right and why does tookie says say to her don't run right the bus is about to drive over her and tookie goes don't run stay right there and i think it's supposed to be like don't like don't run away from me like don't run away from this like we're coming to get you but it does seem like she's uh, about to yeah. run her over. I'm like, are they trying to run this bitch over? Like, hasn't she been through enough? Um, she's a white girl with dreads. Like, isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly she's having a hard time and will continue to have a hard time. But but Lizzie, like... Oh, and trigger warning here for anybody. A little bit of self-harm talk here with Lizzie. Yeah. Both in this chapter and, like... And the next. A bit of the next yeah. one. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, she picks up the thing that she, she, she basically stares at, so it says she stares at something on the ground, it glinted in the moonlight, and she bends down to pick it up. It's sort of like the same exact, like, way that she, Tyra phrased it the first time she wrote this yeah. scene. Yeah, Um. So she, she, she fi- happens to find a shiny sharp metal object in um, front of her in the middle of the street and goes to self-harm, basically. Yes, randomly. And while a bus is rocketing at her. Careening and, towards yeah, her. How sees far all are they from <laughs> yeah, her that all of this is happening? I don't know. But she does stab herself in the wrist. Uh, and Tookie goes, no, she wails. And then the bus speeds like past her or through like an alley and ends up like flipping over basically and Tookie like face plants into the windshield very like cartoonishly and everything goes black that's the end of the chapter by the way that's so it. there's like a big bus crash and yeah. then we're on to chapter 39 which is called breathless sister friends um yeah that whole chapter was i don't know the point but a bus chase just a little bus chase and you know we get to see lizzie but she as we'll see like has once again vanished completely. Like, there's no point to her showing up again. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, no resolve to that. So the next chapter opens, as most chapters open in this book, which is Tookie opening her eyes. Um, <laughs> and there's the night stars and the moon. And they keep mentioning the obscure obelisks. And that's because this is the area where they're at. 
But because they kept mentioning them, like, at this point, I think it's, like, a third time that they've been mentioned between last chapter and this chapter. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, maybe they're going to talk about them a little bit more in depth. And that is what ends up happening. Right. Um, As a reminder, the obelisks are these mysterious objects that showed up in the, like, Metopia Plaza where the T-Dod thing happens, Day of Discovery, and... Also reminder that the last time we saw them was in a photo and CL was like apologizing to them and whipping her body with like self-flagellation. Yeah. So now yeah. we're finally going to get some answers about like what these are, what, you know, CL's in the scene, the obelisks are here. The whole cast is assembled to figure out what yeah. the hell is going on. Lizzie's gone again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and basically, I don't think she's mentioned throughout this whole chapter after this, like, so, like, all the, the lesbian pouch girls are like, all of us are here. Once again, just the same way that it happened in the Orb Arena. Yeah, they're all present. The, they're all present. Yeah. Tookie is like, I failed. She had failed Lizzie again. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, how far can you possibly be from the place where you last saw her? <laughs> if the bus just went down an alleyway, like, go back. She doesn't go back to look for her. She's just like, oh, she's gone. And... Yeah. That's it. And then she has this whole, like, sort of flashback of all of the bad things that have happened to her right. um, since the beginning of the book. Like, she mentions, like, school and and her SPLDs on the floor. Spilt, yeah. Um, yeah. Her, the toothbrush, Zarpeza. Zarpeza's nasty secret, <laughs> she calls it. And it's like that she's poor, you <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> That's her nasty secret that she's poor. Yeah. Which is God like which is it. an infliction upon Toki. Like these are a list of all the horrible things that have happened to Toki, and one of them is our faceless poverty. Yeah, it's our piece of being poor. What the hell? Yeah, like feeling um, unlovable, then loved, then humiliated by Bravo. Every second, every minute of her existence suddenly erupted like lava from a long dormant volcano. Do you know what is missing from this list? Lizzie. <laughs> like, like abandoning Lizzie. This would have been the right time to say, like, and that she had even failed Lizzie. Um, but no, we don't get that. Instead, Tookie starts screaming, like, how could I have lost you again? So she, she does sort of ease into, like, talking about Lizzie. Why do we keep letting you down? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm glad she said Me that, too. at least. Like, like, why do I keep letting you down? And she took responsibility for the fact that she's been a bad friend. Yes. At least internally or at least like out loud after she's just like she's yelling gone. And she's like she's like all of 20 feet away from where they like last saw lizzie why is this in italics and because it's emotional in quotation it's emotional. Marks. she's she's emphasizing every word how disgusting um <laughs> so the 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 echoes of tookie's wailing come back to her and suddenly it's not her screaming anymore. Someone else is going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they look up and they hear thwacking. The th- sound of someone self-flagellating. And... Back, 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 back again. It's CL. <laughs> yeah. And she's self-harming a la Da Vinci Code creepy priest again. Right, like at the, like directly in front of the obelisk. Which you have to think about like CL's itinerary today. Like she was, she went to go get Tookie, bring her to the Orb Arena Tookie escapes and Ciel just flies to Ladorno, somehow intuiting that that's where she would be, even though Tookie actually was in the Diabolical Divide a second earlier. There's yes. a whole chase scene, and then Ciel causes a bus to crash with a bunch of girls inside of it. And instead of like 
collecting them just immediately runs to the obelisks to begin like self-harming prayer it's a crazy yeah. sequence of events and it only makes sense in like the fever dream of model land but that's what Ciel's doing she's apologizing to the obelisks so that we as a reader can sort of ease into like you know what are the obelisks all about which is the whole point of the sort of the second half of this chapter so Ciel basically advances towards Suki with her bloody hands outstretched it says mm-hmm. and then Finally, it says instead of running away, Tookie mustered up all her courage and stood Wait firm. Wait a minute, girl. So, so I was like, good. Mm-hmm. And then one second later, she literally gives up and says, take me. Experiment on me instead of my friends. Torture me, sacrifice me, kill me. Let them live. That's something you do after you fight. <laughs> like, it, or at least acknowledge that there's no way to fight this person. Yeah. Or try to fight her while your friends run away and hold her off. But Tookie is like, for once, I'm not going to run. I'm going to stand firm. And then she does nothing. Yeah, Yeah. she just just gives up. This is supposed to be her being like noble and like the, you know, the true leader sacrifice. It's sort of a very warped idea of what leadership actually looks like and what courage actually looks like. It's just, you're right. Yeah, it it just doesn't read that way because it's like. Why would it's not a smart strategy, right? Like, why would CL listen to her saying sacrifice on me instead? Why wouldn't she create some sort of diversion or obstacle for her not to get to her friends? Because that would also sort of entail her fighting back for once and like doing something physical in this book that wasn't like prompted by somebody else or like forced by somebody else just of her own sort of like decision and she just doesn't again yeah, and it's, and like it's annoying this big climax and the result of it and this is the same thing with like the you know other parts of this book it's boring because Toki never actually does anything like I want to see more of what we got to see in Man Attack when Toki finally was like yeah I'm going to take my own future into my own hands but this is just another example of her giving up but now giving up in sort of a noble way not in a self-pitying way but it's actually like still self-pitying right anyways she gives up it's unacknowledged by cl who just continues her like blubbering apologies it's my fault it's my fault it's my fault and toki sort of has this real like realization that like oh my gosh like cl is not you know trying to kill us like what we're seeing right now is someone who's like really wrecked about like something else like all along i've had it backwards like cl is not outraged at me she's not full of fury she's full of like sadness yeah which i have conflicting thoughts about this because i feel at times tookie did jump to a lot of conclusions when it came to cl throughout the book but there was also really threatening things that cl did like and like just the page before she's walking towards her with outstretched bloody hands like that is threatening like that is scary right and i think that basically what we have here at its core is a miscommunication trope Mm -hmm. gone 150 Mm percent like wackadoo grand slam out of the Mm -hmm. park Mm -hmm. baseball talk you might not know what i'm talking about right now (laughs) famously one of our only fights was about baseball (laughs) in the shake shack parking lot we'll tell you about it one day but um (laughs) this whole time cl has been misunderstood right from what we're led to believe and what we're going to sort of find out now but like i just keep asking myself like why didn't she just talk to them before like why didn't she say any of this 
earlier. If you use a misunderstanding trope, it needs to be artfully done. There needs to right. be a defensible reason why the miscommunication first happens and second is sustained for a long enough time that no one actually unravels right. it. And right. what you're articulating here is that like, yeah, it's a miscommunication. We're learning CL has been misunderstood, but also all the, like, we should now be able to look at all the things that CL has been doing and understand them in a new light, but it's impossible to do so because all the things she's been doing have been overtly threatening. And right. Tyra's basically dismissing all of those behaviors under the guise of she was over-emotional, but over-emotionality doesn't cause people to, like, run in and go, I'm gonna fucking kill you, which happened, like, a few chapters ago. Yes! It's, like, all of these things, like, they can't be made sense of through the lens of suddenly sympathy, which we're supposed to have now. But that, And that's what Toki's basically doing. She's trying to convince us to reassess everything about CL as we, like, learn about what, you know, what CL's upset about. And and even what CL is sort of upset about, it's kind of fucked up, but we'll we'll sort of get into that now, I guess. But she basically yeah. is like, I should have been able to save you with all of my powers. And Tookie realizes, like, oh my god, all this time, like, she hasn't been talking about us. She's not talking... Well, Shiraz. Oh, Shiraz, Shiraz is the that? one who... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. she's meaning the Unica. Unicas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... CL then goes into this, like, I miss you so, so, so much. Like, I should have, you know, I should have paid more attention, basically. Like, when your night sweat started, when your veins began to bulge, and you started to get sick, like, it's all my fault. Um, right. And it's also, part of that is, I think this is important, is that she, the people that she's talking about, she's like, um, every day I told you you were good enough, special enough, beautiful enough that you deserve to be at model land. Yeah. I should have just shut the hell up. Yeah. So like her telling them that was what led to them getting sick basically. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And we, we'll, we'll get into that now. So basically she like shakes her fist at model land, the mountain. Cause it's like in the background, like a diorama. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like bloody murderer. <laughs> and, and finally we, we get like a, uh, I, it, the way that it's actually like sort of choreographed is a little bit confusing. I feel like we should probably just like summarize the story that like CL tells them. So basically, we find out that CL had three friends called Hendel, Woodland, and Catherine, which I feel like we have heard those names before, but I can't remember, yeah, I can't remember. if we have. Yeah. When? I really don't remember. I think when they were first getting to Model Lands, like when they were at the gate, I think. CL mentioned those three names. I'm pretty sure she did now that I think about okay. it. And we were like, who is that? What does that mean? I'll, I'll look for it and we can talk about it on the next um, okay. episode. But basically, the, her three friends, one is described as beautiful and voluptuous with bright lavender eyes. Um, the other one has hair and skin, pale and luminescent like a full moon. And the other was tiny and cute with freckles. So... They are direct parallels to the Unicas, and they look just like them, which is why CL sort of took the special interest Mm -hmm. in them, because they reminded her of her three dead friends who basically went into the diabolical divide because they became obsessed with going to Model Land, and she blames herself because she's the one that continued to tell them that they could they could belong there because CL was living this like beautiful life. Like she had like a penthouse in Ladorno and she was going back and forth to photo shoots and like her friends would come see her every day. Um, but she, but they got the sickness because they thought that they could go there and they decided to, to go. Her body positivity killed them. <laughs> she yeah. got back from model land was super famous and her friends like just from being in her orbit 
and receiving compliments from her were like, we need to go to Modeland too. So it's like unclear if it's jealousy or if it's just basically the plague sort of absolves people of actually making any sort of like agent choice about this sort of thing. But mm-hmm. now we understand that Ciel basically blames herself for them contracting it because she sort of filled their head with like potential and told them that they were beautiful. One thing I don't understand, maybe you got this. So, so Tookie asked Ciel what happened that you got in so much trouble with the Belladonna. And Ciel says, because of my sixth sense of power, I feel things intensely. And then she tells the story of like her life as a, as a Intoxabella and like, what happened to her friends, but, like, what does that have to do with her feeling things more strongly? I, I don't... Oh, I guess because she was so sad that she felt grief over her three friends <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a special power. She, this is, like, when people are, like, I'm an empath. Like, for instance, right now, I'm, like, really sad. It's, like, honey, we're all sad. You're just the one that yeah. wants credit for it, but... Exactly. What? You're just a Pisces. Get yeah, over it. So, so are, are we. Yeah. <laughs> one thing... Cry for everything. One thing I want to know is that um, she... Her friends go into the divide, the diabolical divide, and die. But it mentions really specifically, but I found my sister friends one by one. Two were buried, and I dug up their bodies with my bare hands. I was planning to trot their bodies through Ladorno in my own personal parade to show off. Like, basically, I was going to show off their, like, freaky dead bodies. Their dead bodies, <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, instead, she ended up building the monuments, the obelisks, yeah, where they're the obelisks. buried. and. Yeah. One thing to note is that she says, I found two of their bodies. The third body has not been found, which definitely means that it's, like, creamy or somebody. Like, it's going to be oh it's going to be someone. It's, or, like, Lizzie. It's Bellissima. It's Bellissima. Like, this third friend is, like, out there someplace. And the, this is what made the Belladonna upset. Basically, she built the monuments, and this, like, was deeply upsetting to the Belladonna, I guess. And... Um, instead of tearing the monuments down, like you would do if, you, you know, someone like did like vandalism, it caused a lot of like tourism to boost in Ladorno. So, so Mayor right. Devin Rump decided to keep the monuments up as like a, as like an attraction basically. But it's where the, bun- it's where a bunch of dead bodies are. And then Shiraz whispers, oh, body girl, like, which is the nickname that like Gennaro has for CL. And now mm-hmm. it takes on this like whole new meaning. Like it's cause that's where she, she buried bodies. I don't know. Grim. And where is where the body? Is the, there is the body. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the Belladonna was like, oh, I love I love the line that she has no jurisdiction in Ladorno. That was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. uh, or over Metopia, sorry. Right. Um <laughs> so she took her frustration out on Ciel. Um so she go so Ciel it goes to hit herself again and Tookie's like, No. Um stop. Um, you can't uh, Ron, literally stop. Ron, stop you're traumatizing me and she's you're like traumatizing yeah you broke my glasses you literally broke my glasses <laughs> um <laughs> i like that where she's like you literally can't beat yourself up over this and it's like yeah not not can. a pun tookie not now so basically she's like you you need to let them go so their souls can rest and so you can rest see i was like my soul is dead <laughs> actually and CL's like, but my soul's dead. I feel so lost. Like, I've gone insane. And Piper goes, with all due respect, CL, I must agree with you on that last Shiraz thing. is like, yeah, me too. You cry lots. And I'm like, oh my god. Um, and then they're like, so you're not going to kill us? And CL's like, hold up, kill you? 
and and they're like yeah like you said you're gonna kill us and she's like no like do you know how hard i've been trying to keep you alive like all the rules i broke to like give you this amazing life and we learn that the only person that was on CL's like list remember how like the day of discovery like the model like the scouts are given lists so the discovery there's no actual discovering happening they're they're given lists the only person that was on that list that day for CL was Tookie. So Tookie was supposed to go to Model Land, but the other three were like, CL basically is like, I had my lesbian pouch going and I saw how like fucking ugly Tookie was, who was on my list. And I thought, well, if I'm bringing this ugly girl, like I should go find other ugly girls. This is my chance to like make up for my dead friend's unmet potential. And that's why I like hand selected each of you during the day of discovery which is so fucking crazy because like (laughs) one of the things that she says is she wanted to like point out like that the beauty standards at model land were cuckoo bananas right first of all the friends that she described are by all intents and purposes like conventionally attractive like lavender fucking eyes okay liz taylor (laughs) like what the like there's nothing ugly about them like oh one of them is pale one of them is short like since when is that ugly well you right it's mean? like i'm doing the work of expanding the beauty standard but like just a centimeter outside of a margin not only that but if she really thinks that these girls don't belong at model land according to their standards she's throwing them into this fucking hellhole of a place and giving them absolutely no help no context no guidance nothing so how are you helping like by being like good luck (laughs) (laughs) i think would have been what would have been really cool now is if like imagine the girls had showed up at model land and despite everyone's preconceived notions about what makes beauty we actually watched the girls do really well we've only really watched them like fail and sort of do poorly and be mocked and teased but what if they had Mm. sort of proven everyone wrong and excelled at these courses and actually like broken the mold right like then this would make a little bit more sense in the moment of sale being like i knew that you could do it if you were only given the chance and i knew that i just had to give you that chance the rest was on you baby and you did it like that would have been really cool but we actually haven't seen them use their powers or do anything like really amazing the most that we've ever seen each of them do like is shiraz used her her like womanly wiles to like seduce a bus driver a moment ago <laughs> and i'm like i'm like that i can do weird. that i don't need to go to model land i'll do that right now come on let's go to broadway <laughs> <laughs> not broadway do, do you know what, what makes me the the most upset is like we know that tyra loves to like give Tookie things on a platter. Like, literally, she gets ushered around everywhere. She has, like, an author liaison (laughs) who, places, right? But the thing is, she had that mechanism very cleverly built into CL, and she didn't even use it one time. Like, had she had CL pick these girls up, and then in the middle of the night, CL go into their room and be like, now for the real reason, you're at Model Land. And had CL tell them all of this in the beginning, and, like, them contend with like sort of have CL and the Belladonna be foils to one another in that like the Belladonna wasn't this like caricature of like a villain from the very beginning but someone that they came to also trust and then the Belladonna was like warning them against CL and they didn't know who to trust out of the two of yeah. them Ooh. so much more interesting yeah. and then every time they needed help they would be like 
you could they could go to CL, but then it would be like, what if one time she told them something and it led to like something bad, so then they stopped trusting her. Like, come on, it was right fucking there. Instead, they just made her like be in a straight jacket for eighty seven percent of the book. (laughs) Do trust falls into dark holes and, like, just be pointless. <laughs> she, like, yeah, like, she was just shepherded to and from the ugly room for, like, at the middle of this book. And, I mean, think about the potential that you're describing, though, because what we learn is that Tookie was on that list. Ciel doesn't know why Tookie was on the list, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's actually, like, institutionally, like, blessed, basically. Like, it said that Tookie was, in fact, supposed to be there. She's supposed to be at model land which is cool because then you could have Tookie as someone who like the belladonna has basically hand selected to be at model land and then that puts Tookie uh in opposition with these girls who were also hand selected by by cl they're all friends with one another but Tookie sort of straddles like the institutional like you know conventional potential for beauty and also like you know a a denizen of cl and that kind of would have been a cool thing to play out too right like whose side are you yeah. on Tookie as Tookie's like excellent because we know Tookie being the lead character she's always going to excel and do well she got 110 points at man attack or whatever right like we've seen that she has that potential and it would have been cool for you know Tookie to sort of represent eventually like conventional beauty even though it's kind of what she stands against but um but no no no, no. we didn't there's just yeah there's a ton they could have done with this but instead we were like watching them like binge eat over pig slop like for like two chapters and all this other crazy shit which doesn't mean anything now as it turns out at all um so so yeah so so Tookie does ask like why did you pick me Seal says I don't I don't know like why am I here I don't know and then Shiraz is still not convinced and it's like Shiraz me too. <laughs> because Shiraz is like, so why were you looking at us crazy in yeah, class? Like why were you and why were you, you giving us the eight evil eye like you want to squash us like bug? Yeah. Hmm? And Seal's answer for that is like, well, it's a combination of tough love and I'm also just going crazy. Like, I'm a crazy lady. So really, <laughs> it's just, that's, that was our worst fear, right? Is that it was just going to be chalked up to like, I'm I'm crazy. And that's never a good uh. excuse for anything in like anything i was just in a fight with someone recently about like stranger things which i won't spoil anything but something in stranger things like does turn like there's a villain monologue and it turns out to be like you know i am just crazy and that's why i do shit and that's never a good reason to like give a character um a plan or an action like it should never add up to just like i'm just nuts it's weak and bad storytelling but that's this yeah, that, that, that's essentially what's happening yeah. here. And I know people always bring up Killmonger, but it's just because he was such a perfect villain because of this, because he had a point. Like, villains who have a yeah. point where you're just kind of like, uh, that's also why people love the Darkling, because the Darkling started out with intentions that everybody could get behind. Yeah. They definitely got corrupted along the mm-hmm. way. But it's almost like you can understand his anger because all anybody's ever done is treat Grisha, who are the most powerful beings in this whole world, as second-class citizens. And he's like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. We are more powerful than everyone else. Why should we be treated badly? And that that power that he gets from, from, from that sort of anger becomes corrupted, mm-hmm. but you still can't help but... Yeah. 
sort of root for him in a way because like his intentions originally were pure and he's also hot so yeah that's another right, right. Seal has all the all the components but none of the actual right. like, underpinning strategic storytelling right. that you need in order to be like oh yes this now makes sense we're just we're just we're bereft of all of that oh. and like what better backstory and sort of like reason then like the beauty standards of this place are literally killing people mm-hmm. and like we need to we need to shut model land down yeah you know what i mean like you guys are the only ones that can help me change it right. or start a revolution or whatever right. but right right yeah and i'm like i'm like thinking this is probably where the rest of the series would have gone the thing is like what people often do in the first book is they sort of save too much for later and then that later never comes because the first book nothing actually happens if you're a writer yeah. like put it all like you, you know put it all into your story you're gonna have new ideas you're like that's what your imagination is for it will generate new stuff but you've got to get what's in there down on the page first and foremost there will be other books and other opportunities to do that and i think tyra yeah. like you know, maybe she heard that advice and was like, okay, I'm going to put all of my, like, kooky, crazy ideas down on the page. She sort of, she executed in the wrong direction. What she needed to do was sort of start this conversation way earlier in the series slash the book. Because by now, it would have been really cool to sort of discover that, you know, yeah. CL has this, like, grief that is sort of powering her, enabling these girls to sort of tear down the beauty standard, that these girls have inherited a legacy that they didn't even yeah. know about. Like, all would have been really, really neat in this moment. Um oh did you also clock the one line the recurring line yes for all of us yeah oh my god yeah i put a little box around it so yeah um (laughs) she goes i feel like you're making a huge leap for all of us and tookie doesn't note this but yeah it's an echo of the you know just go for all of us for all of us from her dad from her her Mm. father so anyways the girls are like well you know that's all nice, but we left Model Land. Like, we're not at Model Land anymore, so all your sacrifices are in vain. <laughs> and uh, and Tookie's like, how'd you know we left? And, like, how'd you follow us? And Seal's just like, I have six Sensa, which is one of, like, the powers of the triple seven, um, which just means that she, like, knows shit. And so uh, th- this sort of, like, omniscience is a really problematic thing in a magic system because it's like, well, how does Seal know this, but she didn't know where her friends were in the diabolical divide or that they left. Like, it doesn't really matter. You don't want people asking themselves these theoretical questions at a climax. It should all just be, like, fun at this point. Um, but no. So she knew where they were, and that's why she came to, to get them. And she's like, and um, I really want you to uh, to come back. Let's go back to Model Land together. Oh, Tookie. And... <laughs> They're all like, they're all like, they're not like not sure about going back. Tookie shivers in her couture underwear from Manit. Oh Manit my God. Time. She's still in her underwear. My <laughs> God. She was thing. on a bus with the underwear with the man, <laughs> that weird old man. Um, oh, this is what I wanted to also say. Like, um, so, so when she's saying this whole thing about her having six sensa and, and she's like, I knew from when I was taking you to man attack, I, fe- I just felt something was up. I'm like, wasn't she telling Tookie, like, I'm about to torture you right before she took her to Man Attack? Like, why didn't she say any of this before? Why was she acting completely off? Like, it's so it, the excuse is just that she's crazy yeah. then. Yeah, it's just, it's just well, oh. no, it's, but she said it's time for torture, and she meant, like, Man Attack torture, right? Like, all of the times that she's like, oh my god, like, I'm gonna kill you, like, it's all been, like, glib or a metaphor for something else too. It's never actually men. Like I'm gonna torture you. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna get you. You know who would never do this? Oh. M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I love M Night Shyamalan. 
Um, so, <laughs> bitch knows how to pull off absolutely. A twist, okay? Yes, those twists are great. Um, so Tuki is just like, should we go back? Like, and she, you know, has this like montage of like back to Ganero to the catwalk corridor, the loveless Bella's Donna, the accusation, like basically like all the bad things. And uh, and Seal's like, I know what you're thinking. You haven't had it easy. <laughs> It probably you won't have it easy ever again, but for the rest of your life. Yeah, but like, but we've got to take a stand, ladies. Like, we. Can't, I like the line. Um, Beauty really can mean so much more than what the damn Belladonna dictates every five years. <laughs> the Belladonna's term of beauty standard setting being five years is very funny. It's so it's so yeah. funny to me. Oh. So CL basically guilts yes. them. It's funny because Tookie keeps thinking of the positives of Model N, and it's like the first thing she mentions is the architecture yes! and design. Oh my god, yes, I underlined that as well. What teenager gives a flying fuck about All the that? positives of Model N, all the wonderful things they'd experienced there, the amazing architecture. <laughs> also, this whole speech, like, if you've watched a lot of America's Next Top Model, I think you'll represent, you'll... If you've watched a lot of America's Next Top Model, I think you'll recognize the sort of mental warfare that's embedded in what this is, which is gaslighting, um, that Tyra actually executes on the contestants, where she'll have, like, a plus-size girl in the ring, and they'll constantly comment about, like, you're not, like, photographing well, like, you've got to figure out what your assets are, and you've got to learn how to, like, hide your flaws, and they'll basically criticize this girl for having the one thing that they sort of selected her for, and then in the elimination, they'll be like... I brought you here because I see something special in you. You could really reset the standard. Uh, and you're not like, if you only, what? If you only like worked harder, if you were only more like confident. But meanwhile, they're not enabling that confidence. They're sort of tearing into it. So Tyra and CL sort of in this moment sort of like outline, you know, uh, you could be a symbol for this one thing that I'm also like tearing into you for and that I'm actually subjecting you to like torture for, which is like, it's a really hard thing to just take in as like a contestant, I imagine, and as like a character, because it's like, well, how do you win? What do you do with this? How do we, how do we actually like find power in this and move forward with it? Um, and there's no actual game plan here. It's just like, come back, be a symbol and continue to suffer. I'm not going to help you, but like, you need to continue doing this because if you quit, that's on you. Yeah. And you're ultimately upholding the same system. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah. Nothing's like, changing. Yeah, um, so I love this. So after, like, CL does her whole convincing thing, it says, slowly, everyone began to smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then we get, like, a Dylan reached out and grabbed Tookie's hand. Tookie reached out and grabbed Short. We get a whole paragraph of people just, hold, like, grabbing hands. Holding hands. <laughs> yes. Literally, literally, literally a whole paragraph. Um, and then Tookie ch- breaks the chain yeah. because she's like, we'll only go on one condition. Mm-hmm hand it over yeah. and she puts her hand out and it's CL's read as if she can't just get another one yeah there's but one read in Metopia and CL's got it yeah. so she's like you you gotta stop hitting yourself bitch yeah. um, and she says promise me you'll stop this Tookie said and it like reminds her that that's like the exact same thing she used to say to Lizzie who she's immediately is like on the street somewhere Two minutes away. Yeah, probably she's probably have this back in her trash can once again, watching herself be abandoned. Like yeah. very predictable because they're all like, "We will go back to Metopia." There's no thought about Lizzie, by the way. Like we don't really think about where she is. But yeah, like 
she's about to be abandoned again. I'm sure she's watching all of this. I think she's the yeah. third girl that that CL's been like looking for, and she. Oh, and she's like frozen in time. I, yeah, because she's young. Me, oh, well, maybe. Yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, anything could happen. Yeah, really. She, she could have that thirty never power and just like be sloughing off her skin. Uh, no, she couldn't because she wasn't a model. Well, okay. These are questions. We don't know that. We don't know any of those things. And does she have red hairs, which means she probably has freckles? And that's where the little one had freckles. Yeah, that's true. So it could be her. Who knows? Never say never. So they um, make. <laughs> never, say, never say never. Yeah, because we're never gonna know the answer to this. But um, they they make Seal hand over her. <laughs> read her comfort read and then Shraz goes okay like, or no they're like they're like oh there's only one thing left to do like let's go and Shraz bellows pouch and the le- <laughs> pouch <laughs> the lesbian pouch like activates from CL's like fingertips the fabric spews from her fingertips and they all Incredible. fly back into the lesbian pouch and they're off to what does CL say? Oh, God. Like, she's like, thank goodness I was sweating bullets. You know how sweaty I get. <laughs> now, let's go. And y'all know Otherwise, how hard I <laughs> will miss the whole seven tournament. And I'm like, there's a turn. Like, I didn't know there was a tournament coming up, but like, it's all in the Girl, same day. Like, man. What's happening? <laughs> when did they trade for the tur- what tournament? I can't take another We're not prepared. tournament. This is why. Oh my god! This is why uh, Model Land needs two stadiums because they logistically stupidly scheduled both Man Attack and the Seven Tournament on the same day. They double booked them. Wait, is it Man Attack over, or is there more of it? I think it's over, but you know the Seven Tournament's about to take place, and and you would imagine that that would need a lot of preparation. Although, wait, no, it didn't because literally we've already been in the Seven Stadium today, like a few minutes ago, and there was no one in it. So it could, like, it doesn't matter. CL um, is in her pouch form, which means she has jeweled tentacles. (laughs) Um, And she's wiping the tears from her eyes with her jeweled tentacles, which is really funny to me. And she starts, like, kissing all of the obelisks, and she's like, I love you, chicas, she whispered. I hate this fucking sprinkling of Spanish into the book. Can I just say how much I fucking hate it? Don't tell me gracias ever in your life. Unless you speak Spanish, don't do it. I hate when people do that shit. It's so fucking condescending. Just don't. Um, She's like, I love you, chicas. She whispered. And I'll never forget you. Ever. But these girls, she gestured to the unicas. Mind you, she's talking to her dead friends. They're going to do it for you, okay? She kissed all the obelisks. And then they leave. And the last line is to model land once more. And that's where I put my, you think you're clever, don't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, you think you're so clever. Oh, man. Uh, okay. And that is the that, end it. of chapter 39 and 38. Christ. So horrible. <laughs> horrible. So, all right. Um. Rose and Thorn. I feel like I always make you go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, go So for it. my rose is that there is sort of this moment when Tookie is deciding to go back to the amazing architecture of Model Land and all the things Not there. The architecture. And she feels this like energy, uh, and it's the energy of running towards a challenge instead of away from it. And I really like that. I like that finally Tookie is acknowledging that she's been running from all these different things, but it's time to, like, pursue something. And I've loved watching Tookie 
take on this new development, especially, like, this chapter, but then also, like, in the Man Attack chapter, like, shortly before this, like, mm. it's a new Tookie, and it's it feels... I mean, we've sort of yet to see her actually take to task, like, how she feels here, but I do like right. seeing, like, this development, and I do like the idea of running towards a challenge instead of away from it. Um, yeah. That's kind of nice. It's only... It's in words only. I don't think that that's actually going to be executed, but I appreciate it, and I'm going to retire some kudos for that. My... Thorn, hold on. I always write no in the in the thorn or the chapter. Okay, yeah. So my thorn is that we have this reunion with Lizzie, and there's no real apology. And Tookie basically explains away why she disappeared and why you know she shouldn't be blamed for leaving because she was forced. And that Lizzie simply just goes, I understand and accepts it. Like the whole yeah, Lizzie caricature of like self-harm and like all of that stuff is so poorly done here and we've been saving that up for so long that storyline like started very early in the book and for it to just sort of end in this like tangle was so anticlimactic and like problematic and just bad i hated it thorn yeah i agree with both of those um I'm going to say my rose is the statue of Mayor Ron. <laughs> and also, I do like the internal monologues that um, that Tookie had in these chapters, even if they're way too yeah. late. Um, the fact that she, even the fact that she beat herself up over abandoning Lizzie, just even the acknowledgement of that, like, the bar is literally under hell, but... <laughs> It was nice to see that. And then my thorn is going to be the fact that CL didn't tell them any of these things before. And like sort of like the wasted wasted potential of of CL's character and what she could have meant and attention she could have provided throughout the book instead of just being like a crazy person, which again is like such a bad, bad handling of mental health, both in her case and in Lizzie's case. Oof. Immediately would be demolished if this book was published today. Immediately. Oh, terrible. But yeah, I mean, we're, we are, we're, we're getting to less than 10 cha- chapters now. Yeah, we are in the final, we are in the final stretch. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we've only got, hold on. Eight chapters <gasps> left. Oh, and the next chapter begins, just a teaser. It's chapter 40, the seven to <gasps> And it begins with the Greek oh chorus. Oh my god, the Greek chorus! <laughs> oh my poor dear <laughs> darling. You. you thought it was over, didn't you? Oh, we wished! What? We wish it was over. <gasps> wow, oh man. I'm so excited. I just know, like, you know, the, the punches are coming quick and fast at this point. Like, we're getting answers to things. We're getting sort of explanations. And what an exciting time to be in the Bad Author Book Club. I mean, we are finally rounding the corner of, of the end of model land after it only took after years. two years of this shit so my god i'm excited and if if you're excited out there let us know we have loved reading your reviews finding us on discord to chat about the chapters especially as things come to a head we've got some fun celebratory things planned as we as we wrap up model land i think in july i want to do maybe some like antm 
like group watch parties, stuff like that, to really just like celebrate the fact that we're reaching the end of this monumental reading of Model Land. But yeah, find us on Discord and find us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Bad Author Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Author Book Club, and our website is badauthorbookclub.wordpress.com. And if you'd like to follow me, Ryan. My Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all the Ryan LaSala. Please pre-order The Honeys. My next book comes out in August. Yes! And if you'd like to follow me, Clarabelle, I'm at Clarabelle underscore Ortega on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok. And my website is ClarabelleOrtega.com. And please go buy Witchlings, which is out Woo. right now. And you can pre-order Frizzy, uh, my first graphic novel, which is out October 18th. And you can also buy my first book, Ghost Squad, which is found wherever books yes, are sold. Yes, wherever books are sold. Anyhow, great week for us. Wonderful week for us. Yes. And um, pro- perhaps more poignant than ever, see you next yes, week, Yes, see you next week, <laughs> <all> Queens. <laughs>